I have a friend who is a farmer or was a farmer at one point. Is 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 not accurate. No, he is actually a pastor now, but he was a farmer at one point, grew up on a farm. And uh, we were talking the other day in his truck. We were driving in his truck and and drinking coffee and having a good old good old fashioned mandate. And uh, not like a mandate, like, you know, like a mask mandate, but like a mandate as in two guys hanging out, drinking coffee and talking. But we were talking about how, you know, uh, when it comes to fruit and vegetables and, and farming and, and harvest, um, there is a time that is appropriate for harvesting, for reaping. There is a ripe time where fruit is ripe and ready. And if you do it too early, it's not going to be right. It's not going to be ripe. And if you do it too late, it'll be overripe. It'll be too big and, and the flavor won't be ripe. And we were talking about how there is a time for harvest. There is a season for harvest. And we were talking about how in Proverbs, it tells us that a son who gathers in summer is wise. And we're going to get into that scripture a little bit more today, but I want to talk to you today about the season of reaping. Hey there, my name is Benjamin Pace, and you're listening to the No Content Podcast. And if you happen to be a duck listening to this, you're in a safe space. Hello there, and welcome to the No Content Podcast. My name is and remains Benjamin Collins Pace. And if you didn't know that my middle name was Collins, it is. It is. Um, in fact, Collins is is more of a last name. I know that. It's actually the last name of my cousins on my mom's side. Their last name is Collins, and I received this as my middle name. So I actually technically have two last names. Um, depending on how you, how you look at that. So, um, you know, and, and that was my, my great grandmother's, uh, name. Uh, that was my great grandfather's name. It was her married name to my grandfather, Walter Collins. And, uh, so that's my full name. So, uh, in case you didn't know that now you do. And, uh, you know, this, that's just a little bit more of myself. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm learning to trust you. I'm learning to trust you, even though I don't know who you are necessarily. Uh, I'm, I'm just giving you a little bit more information about myself, but that's all you're getting today. So, but what will you, you will get today more of is, is the topic that we're going to get into today, which is the season of reaping. And I'm going to be doing a podcast soon, probably more in the fall called the harvest. And in that podcast, I want to talk about the harvest of souls. I want to talk about the harvest that Jesus talked about uh, in John 5, where he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And I want to talk about the harvest that Jesus is referring to about bringing people into the kingdom of God. And I kept getting different things that correlated between this podcast and that podcast. And for a while, I was like, am I supposed to do a podcast that's like a parallel between 
you know, one kind of harvest and another, but the more it, it expanded on me, I realized, no, this is a separate podcast, even though it, it really does tie into that one and the principles of spiritual harvest. But today's podcast, I want to talk a little bit more about harvest in your personal life and the harvest that God prepares for those who love him and serve him and who are faithful to sow and to plant seeds in the season that he instructs them to. And, you know, I was going to keep this one for the fall, but I kept coming back to the scripture that I mentioned in the beginning and we'll read it again. But a wise son gathers in summer. It's in Proverbs 10. And I was thinking about, man, it's June right now. It's summertime. And I feel like this is the right time for me to reveal this podcast and to release this podcast because we're in the middle of the summer here. And I don't understand all these things naturally, but sometimes you just have to sense things spiritually in order to be in step with God and to flow with the Holy Spirit. So if you're somebody who you know that you have sown good seed in the past and you have done things and, and, and not that you're keeping, you know, a, a book on, on what God owes you. God doesn't owe us anything, but he is a faithful God and he is a just God. And uh, we may touch on this, but, you know, Hebrews tells us that he's not unjust to forget our good work and our labor of love. I'm going to do a podcast soon called The God Who Sees, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. But um, today I want to talk about the harvest and how to reap the harvest that we've sown for in any area of our life, whether it's financial, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in um, you know your job or whatever the case is. I'm not going to try to name every possible scenario because only the Holy Spirit can do that for you. But I want to talk about the season of reaping. And, and I want to start by saying this, you know, recently I was seeking the Lord about some things and, you know, some things I've believe, believed for and, and, and am believing for and have, I've wanted to see more fruit in my life uh, in that area. And I was like, you know, Lord, I, am I doing something wrong in that area? Have I, have I not, you know, obeyed you? And I'm sure there's a possibility that, that there's some things I've, I haven't done perfect. But what the Lord said to me, well, let me say this, you know, there may be a million things that are contributing factors to why something is or is not happening in your life. But when it really comes down to it, what you need is a word from God. You don't need to try and figure everything out in your head as to why this is happening or why that's happening. No, you need to get quiet and you need to seek the Lord, maybe cut some stuff out and get one word from the Lord, because that's the one word that will lead you to where you need to go. And in seeking that one thing, seeking first the kingdom, all these other things will be added unto you. And it will be caught up in the wake of you pursuing the one thing that God is talking to you about. That's what Jesus said to Martha. He said, one thing is needful. You're careful and troubled about many things. You're trying to figure everything out. You're trying to fix everything, but one thing is needful. And he said, Mary has chosen that one thing and that good thing that won't be taken away from her. And if you can get one word from God about your situation and seek that one thing, it will, it will, it will reap <laughs> all the other things in its wake. And we're talking about reaping. It's like a combine that's reaping and, 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 and gathering. It will gather the other issues in, in its wake when you seek that one thing. 
one thing is needful. And this is the one thing that I feel like God said to me about that area of my life. And he said, Ben, there is a season of sowing and there is a season of reaping. There is a season of sowing and there is a season of reaping. And, and when I dug into the scripture about this, I, I saw that that is absolutely the truth. And it's revealed throughout the scripture. And this principle, this truth that there is a season of sowing and there is a season of reaping. And sometimes I think people get frustrated because they're like, why, you know, I heard this sermon and I said this and I did this and I did the formula and I confessed this and I gave in this offering and why haven't I seen more? And people, I think, can get frustrated because quite frankly, they're trying to reap in a sowing season. And there is a season of sowing and there's a season of reaping. And the truth is you can't reap unless it's reaping season. Now, that doesn't mean God won't provide for you. That doesn't mean he won't meet your needs in that area. He always meets our needs. He never leaves us desolate. He takes good care of us. But there's a difference between God taking care of you and you seeing the fruit and the harvest that you want to see in an area that you've sown for. Because every seed produces after its own kind. And Jesus talked about this. He told the disciples, no man has left anything for my sake and the gospel's sake that he won't receive a hundredfold in this life. That's harvest. But, you know, you notice with the disciples, there is a season of them leaving something, sowing it. And there's another season in this life of reaping. And it's multiplied. It's a hundredfold. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. And there's a season of this. And we know this naturally. Anybody who has any experience with planting or gardening or farming, you know that there is a season of sowing and there's a season of reaping and you cannot reap out of season. And so this is an answer to some frustrations I think some people have dealt with in different areas of their life. And uh, I want to get into that today. I want to talk more about that. And I believe the Lord is already helping us. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, the kind of joke I have about Ecclesiastes is it's one of the jelly bean books. And I don't mean that to be irreverent or sacrilegious, but what I mean by that, it's one of those books that a lot of people pick and choose which verses they like in the way that a lot of people pick out which jelly beans that they like. Because there's some verses in there that are like, that's kind of weird. That doesn't sound like that belongs in the Bible. But everything in the in the Word of God is anointed, and it's for our instruction and edification. And it's not to be ignored or, or brushed under the rug. I like to say it like this. When it comes to difficult scriptures, don't shy away from them because the same Holy Spirit that wrote it is able to reveal it. Come on. Oh, that's so good. I didn't come up with it. <laughs> but the same Holy Spirit that wrote it is able to reveal it. So uh, that's true of Job. That's true of Ecclesiastes. That's true of Leviticus. Whatever whatever you know, verse you may have found that is difficult or challenging to you, the Holy Spirit can and will reveal it to you. If you'll, if you'll give him time and, and opportunity to do so. Ecclesiastes 3, it says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. It says there's a time to be born and a time to die. Now, it didn't say that every man has an appointed time to die. The Bible says it is appointed to every man once to die. But there is a time to die, though. It doesn't mean that it's a set time on the clock that you're supposed to die, but 
there is a season that it's time to leave the earth. And, and it can change. Uh, some people choose to fight. Like Paul said, I, I choose to abide for your sake, even though I could depart and be with Christ. And, and, you know, it's not set in stone. You don't have a time on the clock that this is your time and that's it. No, you can you know, cut your life short if you don't follow God, don't obey Him if you make, you know, bad choices. But there is a season, though. There's a season to be born, and there's a season to depart the earth if the Lord Jesus tarries His coming, as um, the elders in the faith often say. But um, it says this, there is a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. The NLT says there is a time to plant and a time to harvest. You know, there is a season of sowing, and there is a season of reaping. And like I said earlier, you can't force the season of harvest. But watch this, you can discern it, and you can act on it, I'm sorry, act on it when it comes. But the truth is, you can't reap without sowing, and you can't reap out of season. There's a sowing season, and there's a reaping season. You know, people hear the verse, and we'll read this in just a minute, about, you know, whatsoever a man sows, he'll also reap. And I'll go ahead and read it since we're right there. Galatians 6, 7-9 through 9 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. So people say, oh, you know, you're going to reap what you sow. You better watch out. Well, that's only negative if you've sown a lot of bad seed. <laughs> And even if you have sown bad seed in the past, you know, God uh, can cancel that harvest for you through his blood, through his mercy, through his grace. Um, if you repent, if you'll say, hey, God, I, you know, I was ignorant in unbelief like Paul. You know, I didn't mean to do all that. Forgive me. Have mercy on me. And even if you did know what you were doing, you can still ask for mercy. But the point that he's making here is that when you sow, you'll reap and you'll reap what you sow. Now, if you've sown good things, if you've sown good seed, that's a good verse. That's a positive verse. He goes on to say, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So what is he saying here? He's saying that you can sow either good or you can sow bad. You know, and let me keep reading. It says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season... We shall reap if we do not lose heart. In the Amplified Bible, it says, For in due time and at the appointed season, we shall reap. In the Passion Bible, the Passion Translation, it says, Don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. Watch this. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Now, I, I believe that the Lord gave me the title of this podcast before I read this verse in that translation. So obviously I was excited to see the phrase that the Lord gave me in a certain translation of the word. It says, the season of reaping is coming. You know, I'll say this. Just a minute ago, we were talking about it where it says, if you sow to the Spirit. You know, some people want supernatural results without investing into the supernatural. You know, if you only sow into natural things, you'll only get natural results. But if you want supernatural results, you have to sow into supernatural things. Does that make sense? So sowing to the Spirit means 
You're sowing beyond your understanding. You're sowing beyond your natural understanding. This isn't a natural investment. It's a spiritual investment, and therefore, it will have spiritual results. And it will only have spiritual limitations, not natural limitations. So that's what he means when he says, if you sow to the Spirit. That's one of the things he means, I should say. But, you know, we do good by sowing. And we also do good by reaping. And we never stop doing good. When he says, don't grow weary in doing good, there is a doing that goes into sowing. And there's a doing that goes into reaping. You know, a farmer... You know, he's doing good. He's doing his job. He's doing what he knows to do by planting seeds. He's also doing good. He's also doing what he knows to do by reaping the harvest off those seeds in the appointed season. But, you know, some people have the mistaken idea that their job is to sow and that's it. But that's not true. Uh, In the book of Mark, Jesus is talking about the parable of the ground, and he talks about how a man plants seeds, and then he goes to sleep, not knowing how they grow, and then when the season is ripe, the man puts in the sickle, because it's ready. He didn't say God puts in the sickle. And some people don't realize that we have to do good by sowing, and we also have to do good by reaping. We have a responsibility, we have an action that is connected to reaping in the season of reaping. Because some people have the idea that, okay, I sowed and then that's all I have to do. I've sown my seed, I served here, I did this, I did that, and now that's all, that's it, that's all there is to it. But no, there's a season of reaping and there is a doing good and not growing weary in doing good that comes in reaping. In due season. He said, let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap, if we do not faint. You know, you can faint while sowing. You can also faint while reaping. Oh man, that's, that wasn't even in my notes. Uh, You can, oh my gosh, you can faint in the season of sowing. You can also faint in the season of reaping. Uh, Proverbs talks about this, and we're going to get into this in a minute, but it's called laziness. It's called being lazy when it's time to harvest. What it is is sleeping through harvest. It's fainting in harvest. It's sleeping when you should be reaping. Oh, come on. That that rhymed and I didn't even mean for it to rhyme. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, listen. So some people are sleeping when they should be reaping. Some people are sleeping while they should be sowing. You know, I don't think I included this verse in my notes. Maybe I did, but just in case I didn't, uh, you know, We'll get into this, but the Bible also talks about in Ecclesiastes how he who regards the clouds will not sow, and, and he who looks at the weather will not reap. That, that there's something keeping you from sowing, and there's something keeping you from reaping. There is a season of sowing and a season of reaping, and both of them require you to not be lazy and to not be sleeping. Not to be ignorant of the season, to discern this season of harvest. Thank you, Lord. There is a season of reaping. And in this season, you have to do good. You have to do what you know to do. You have to get up and get after it. And it's not toil. And we're going to look at this in a minute. It's not a heavy yoke, but it is diligence. And it's actually faith. Because James said, faith without, without action is dead. There's action in harvest. I'm going to keep going here because we're already running out of time. I'm going to go in the Old Testament here. We started in the new, and let's let's take it on back to the old. 
in 1 Kings 17, 1 through 7. It's talking about Elijah. And uh, I'll read a few verses, and I'm going to skip through some of it because there's a lot of content here. But it says, Elijah, the Tishbite, uh, he, the Lord God um, was talking to him and spoke to him uh, about the drought that was coming on the land of Israel. And he, and he says, The word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward, and hide by the brook Cherish. Cherith, excuse me, which flows into the Jordan. So this is after God gave Elijah the word about the drought that was coming in Israel. And, and, and he sent Elijah to this brook, this place, and it says, It will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. What's interesting about this is that this is not a season where there is a lot of abundance. This is not a season where Elijah's got a bunch of extra cash laying around. This is not a season where Elijah's going out to eat at nice restaurants every night. This is not a season where Elijah's going to the mall and buying new pairs of shoes every day. And see, this is where I think there's some confusion when it comes to people who believe in what a lot of people would refer to as the prosperity message. In, in, in the revelation that God does want us to prosper and to abound and be successful, I think some people miss the fact that there are seasons where things are not necessarily abounding. And you know, Paul said, in Philippians 4, that I have learned to be abased and I have learned to be abounding. I've learned to be content in whatever state I am. And see, there are some seasons of being abased. Now, it doesn't mean it's God's will for you to be impoverished and not have your needs met and, and, and to be lacking or hungry or, or, or not paying your bills. That's not what I'm referring to. But there may be some seasons in which you have to tighten your belt a little bit. There may be some seasons in which you've got to cut back on some things, and if you don't discern that, if you don't know how to do that, you may get into some trouble, not because God's not meeting your needs, but because you're trying to live like you're in a place you're not. And if you're trying to do that, it's going to cause you to come short in other areas. There's some financial stewardship. I know I'm not just talking about finances, but I'm, I am right this moment. There's some stewardship that comes with some of these things in discerning the season you're in and how to be abased and how to abound, how to do that right, how to use wisdom in those seasons. And if you don't do that, you may have some problems that you are not supposed to have because you don't know the season that you're in. You may be in a sowing season and trying to live like you're in a reaping season. And that may be why there's some issues happening. So Paul said, I've, I know the state that I'm in and I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. And with Elijah, he's in an abased season right now. Uh, the ravens are bringing him two meals a day. You know, some people say, well, where's, where's meal number three? Well, <laughs> God said, I'm going to bring you meat in the, in the morning and meat in the night. In other words, this is all you're getting right now. So this is provision. This is a blessing. This is, he's, he's nourished up. He's healthy. He's not lacking. And yet he's also not abounding in this season. 
See, I do believe it's God's will for everybody who serves him and loves him to abound. Now, I believe it's God's will for everybody to abound, but as they serve him and love him. God doesn't want people just to have riches if they're not going to love him because they'll bring, they'll drag them away from God. That's not, you know, we got to understand some of these things through the entire scripture. But God does want his children to prosper. He delights in the prosperity of his servant. But that doesn't mean we have, have seasons or we don't have seasons of being abased and abounding. So Elijah's in this season where where he's at this brook and he's eating here and God's like, this is my provision for you for this moment. And this is where you're at. And Elijah was content. He's thankful. And you know, the Bible says that contentment with godliness is great gain. And it also says in the book of James to let the man of humble estate rejoice in that he is exalted. And Psalms tells us that the meek will inherit the earth. You know, there's some humility and honesty that comes with knowing where you are in the moment and not trying to be somewhere you're not. It may be a season of sowing. If things are a little bit tighter, if you're not able to do as much as you'd like to do, maybe maybe you're having to work with what you got right now. Maybe things are not, you know, as abounding as you'd like them to be. Not to say that God won't meet your needs or, or you're supposed to be lacking or not able to pay your bills. No, that's not what I mean. It, it, but see, sometimes, like I said, people have issues because they just don't know how to discern the season they're in and, and they're trying to live like they're in another season. This is some important revelation right here. This is so good. Um. But it's not that God's not meeting their needs. It's just that they're not in that abounding season right this moment. There is a season of sowing and there is a season of reaping. But let's talk about this for a moment. In uh, verse 7, 1 Kings 17, it says, And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. So Elijah was at this brook. He's here. And all of a sudden, the brook that was provision starts to dry up. This, this channel of provision from the Lord that he's gotten used to, he's gotten comfortable with, he's, he's gotten to the point where it's like, yeah, this is how God provides for me. This is the thing. This is the brook. All of a sudden, that's drying up. I'm going to make a statement to you. When the things that you're comfortable with begin to dry up, often it's because God's about to send rain. Oh, glory to God. I've, that just came right out of my spirit and I didn't even have that in my notes. When the brook that you're used to drinking out of starts to dry up, it's because God's about to send some rain in your life and you're not going to need it anymore. But you can get nervous when that brook starts to dry up. Oh, glory to God. Praise the Lord. You can get nervous when that brook starts to dry up. But when that brook starts to dry up, it's because God is about to send some rain in your life. If you've been serving him, if you've been faithful to him, if you've been not growing weary and well-doing, God's sending some rain. And sometimes God's got to dry up the thing you're reliant on to get you to, to rely on him again, to get you in position for him to rain on your life. Oh, glory to God. Come on. I'm excited already. Whew. You know, there are times that God will lead you to sow in places that seem barren. You know, um, Isaac's a good example of this. He sowed in famine, and it says he reaped a hundredfold. In Genesis, it tells us that. But, you know, when, when God leads you to some place, uh, whether it looks barren or not, there will be fruit in that place. 
You know, sometimes God leads people to places and it just seems dead. It seems like there's nothing here. There's nothing for me here. But if the Holy Spirit led you there and is leading you to sow in that place, I guarantee you, your harvest is in that place. Don't be led by just how things look on the outward. And so uh, God leads Elijah away from this brook and he leads him to a widow and, 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 and he, he ends up asking her for help and then he ends up helping her. God blesses her for his sake. And, and that whole story is really amazing how God supernaturally provides for this widow. See, God, uh, when God, oh, oh, here it is. When God brings in your harvest, it's not just for you. God will bring in other people's harvest through you. Oh, glory to God. So God will bless other people in the wake of what he's doing in your life. And that's one of the reasons for abundance. That's one of the reasons for extra. That's one of the reasons why he gives us more than enough. A harvest is so you can have abounding ability uh, to all grace, as 2 Corinthians 9 tells us, that you may be able to abound to every good work. Thank you, Lord. So he blessed this woman. I'm not going to read that whole story right now. I don't have time. Go read it. It's in 1 Kings 17, 18. Um, But God wants to bless other people through you. And you know, uh, I'll say this. there There are some times when you're putting all your effort that you can into something and it's yielding no fruit. And this is why you have to be led by the Spirit. You know, sometimes when the brook's drying up and you're toiling and you're laboring and nothing's happening and because you're so used to that producing and all of a sudden it's not producing anymore and you're beating yourself over the head trying to get it to produce, a lot of times you are experiencing that because God is trying to direct you somewhere else where your harvest is. God doesn't want us to toil. He doesn't want us to struggle. He doesn't want us to beat our head against the wall trying to make things happen. He wants us to be led by His Spirit and recognize if the brook's starting to dry up, it's because God is trying to lead us to the rain. You know, and that can be an indication that direction is changing. And God can be shifting His provision somewhere else, and He's leading us to a harvest. And this is a part of discerning the season of reaping, and it's also a part of the action of reaping. You know, God had to dry that brook up because he didn't, he didn't want Elijah to think that that was his only source, you know, and he also had somebody else he wanted to provide for. So Elijah's sitting there and he's, he's drinking from the brook and he's fed. But what about this widow? God wants to provide for her too. So he dries the brook up and he's like, all right, Elijah, it's time to go. We got stuff to do. And so Elijah goes to this woman and, and, and you know, I, I wish I had time to read that story because it's such a good example of the action that is involved in reaping. And it's so, uh, I'll just tell it to you. So this woman, you know, her and her husband, I'm sorry, her son, her husband's dead. Her and her son have one more little cake of bread that they're going to cook and eat it and then die. And Elijah says, Hey, give me a drink of water and give me some bread. And she's like, um, I've got one cake and it's what we're about to eat. And then we're going to die. So their brooks drying up. They're, they're done. They're to their last meal. And Elijah's like, I I hear you, but give it to me first. And because she valued the man of God enough to obey the word of the Lord, like I said, all you need is one word. Elijah ends up getting instruction for her from the Lord that brought in her harvest right when she needed it. And he said, borrow vessels from everybody that you know. I think this is the right story. This happened a couple of times. I'm not reading it. So this is one of the stories. And, and and ended up providing for her um, this supernatural way, and she had more than enough. This harvest came in because she obeyed. See, we're going to see this in just a little bit, but 
This is a part of reaping the harvest is hearing from God and obeying him, obeying what he tells us to do and not just getting attached to our little channels of provision that we're used to. I'm not telling you you're supposed to quit your job. He may tell you that, but I'm not telling you that. But the point is, is that God wants to lead you to your harvest. You know, um, sometimes uh, if God doesn't dry up the brook, uh, we won't leave and we get attached to it. But I want to I want to read on here in First Kings 18. Um, it, it says this. It came to pass after many days that the, the, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. See, God is is changing Elijah's position because he's about to send rain. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab, and there was a severe famine in Samaria. And watch this part. Ahab called Obadiah, who was in charge of his house. Now, Obadiah feared the Lord greatly, and he had hidden some of the prophets when Jezebel was trying to kill them all. And he fed them, and he brought them bread and water. See, Obadiah had sown in a season of famine. You see that? He did good to the prophets of God. He hid them. He fed them. He gave them water. He sowed into them in a season of famine. Now, I'm not sure if this is the same Obadiah that the book of Obadiah is written after. I need to do my research on that. But Ahab said to Obadiah, Go into the land to all the springs of water and to all the brooks, Watch this. Perhaps we may find grass to keep the horses and mules alive so that we will not have to kill any livestock. So Ahab's struggling. He's like, we need to, we need to find anything we can. We need to look for scraps. They're toiling. They're struggling. They're going throughout the desert hoping to find any little bit of this. They're, they're picking up pennies is what they're doing. They're, 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 they're looking in, in soda machines for extra change. They're going through the garbage. They are looking for anything that they can find and salvage to try and sustain themselves. They're toiling is what they're doing. And they're finding nothing. But watch this. Elijah said to Ahab, um, well, let me say this. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm skipping a part of the story. So in between this and what I'm about to read in this chapter, 1 Kings 18, basically Elijah comes and he calls everybody to Mount Carmel. And, and he said, hey, listen, all you guys have been worshiping Baal. And this was the whole point of the, the drought. And he said, choose you today who you're going to serve. You're going to serve God or are you going to serve Baal? And he said, let the God who answers by fire be the one that you worship. So all the priests, they build their altar, they do all this, and, and they're cutting themselves, they're crying out to Baal, and Baal doesn't answer. But then Elijah gets up there, and he builds an altar, and pours water on it, and, and he prays to God, and God answers by fire and consumes all the altar, it consumes the wood, it consumes the stone, which fire can't consume stone, by the way, and it consumes the water. Because it's the supernatural fire of God. And then Elijah goes and he kills all the prophets of Baal. And he says this to Ahab. He says, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. See, this is interesting. A lot of times before harvest, God has to correct idolatry. Oh, come on. A lot of times before harvest, God has to align who you're relying on. <laughs> God has to align who you're looking to. He has to, to bring you to that place where you know who your source is. That's what he was doing here. And so he corrected that. And once he had corrected that, he said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up and ate and drank. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel 
And he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. And it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So what we see here is that God heard, I'm sorry, Elijah heard from God, Harvest is coming. We're in the place where harvest is coming, but it didn't look like it at first. See, don't be led by what you see on the outside. If God says your harvest is somewhere, that's where your harvest is. This is why you have to hear from God and obey Him. And it doesn't always make sense in the natural. But uh, he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. And now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. You know, when God says your harvest is somewhere, you need to stop looking for it. Your harvest is there. Just like with Isaac, you know, uh, Jensen Franklin just wrote a book recently called Acres of Diamonds. And he talks about how there was a man who was always looking for diamonds and he sold his farm to go and look for diamonds. And he ended up uh, spending his whole life searching and toiling and looking for diamonds. And uh, having found none, eventually he threw himself into the river because he was so depressed. But what he didn't know is on the farm that he sold, the person who, who bought that farm from him discovered that on that very farm was one of the greatest diamond mines that have ever been discovered with some of the richest and most expensive diamonds in it. And the principle of that is sometimes your harvest is right under your nose. But if you're out here toiling, if you're out here trying to do it in your own strength, if you're out here trying to rely on yourself to do it, you're going to miss it. But the Holy Spirit knows where your harvest is. And it may be on the very ground you're standing on. It may be right under your nose. But the point is you have to obey the Lord. You have to hear from God. And when he says, this is where your harvest is, sow here and reap here, you've got to obey him. You've got to not lean on your own understanding. We'll see an example of this soon in the New Testament before we close. But I'll say this to you. A big part of reaping your harvest is hearing and obeying God's voice, even when it doesn't make sense. In Proverbs, we talked about it before, but in 10 verse 4 and 5, it says, he who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. And, you know, people say, well, it's not God's will for you to be rich. Well, according to this verse, if it's not God's will for you to be rich, it's also not his will for you to be diligent because diligence will eventually produce riches. That doesn't mean you'll be rich financially in every single season of your life, but it will lead to that. If you live diligently, I didn't say you toiled. I didn't say you made money, making money your primary focus and desire. No, being diligent is a godly thing. Being diligent uh, has to do with putting your flesh under, and it will lead to success. But it says this, He who gathers in summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Like I said, you don't want to sleep when you should be sowing, and you don't want to be sleeping when you should be reaping. Diligence is required to reap what God wants you to reap. But here's the thing. You have to remember that this verse says that there is a season to gather. You know, Proverbs 10 and 22 also says that the blessing of the Lord makes rich. You know, it's not your toil that will make you rich. It's diligent hands working with the blessing of the Lord that will make you rich. 
that will produce a harvest in your life. It's not you by yourself, it's the grace of God. And we'll see this in the New Testament in just a minute. But you know, um, sleeping is not the problem, it's sleeping when you're supposed to be reaping. There's other verses in Psalm 127 that says he gives his beloved sleep. He gives us rest. And we're supposed to have times of rest. But, you know, the Bible says you'll work six days and in the seventh day you shall rest. So in order to qualify for that seventh day of rest, the implication is you spent six days diligently working. And we see this in the Old Testament that every seven years they would rest for a year. And, 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 and so on and so forth, that rest is godly and, and we're not supposed to be without rest. We're not supposed to beat ourselves over the head trying to make ends meet. But there is diligence that's involved with reaping. There's a season of reaping. And you know, there are some people who are toiling and struggling because they're trying to reap at the wrong place and, the, and at the wrong time. But you know, the Lord, you know, like I said, um, earlier, he told me there's a season of sowing and there's a season of reaping. Another thing the Lord said to me one time is, Ben, uh, you're not struggling to make money. You've been struggling to believe. Now, I'm not just talking about money and I'm not just referring to money in my own life. But this is, this is a while back that he said this to me. He said, you're not struggling to make money. You're struggling to believe. You know, we should be diligent when and where God directs us to reap. But, you know, the Bible also says that he who has believed does enter into rest. So we labor to enter into that rest, and there is a rest and an easy yoke that comes with these things. But, you know, there's still a yoke, though. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He didn't say there wasn't any yoke. He just said it's light and easy. There's still a yoke. There's still work. But Paul said, I labored more than you all, yet not I, but the grace of God, the grace of God that works in me. And, you know, a lot of people are struggling to make money, or they think they're struggling to make money, but the truth is they're struggling to believe. They're struggling to enter into the rest of faith and let that faith produce action. Whew, glory to God. I need to take a breath and a sip of my Powerade, and we'll keep going here. Thank you, Lord. All right, back to the New Testament. Let's go on back up there. Go on, go on over to Luke, and uh, and we'll get into a little bit more here before we close. In Luke chapter five, verse one through eleven, it says, "So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats standing by the lake." But the fishermen had gone out from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, a couple things I want you to notice here. Um, Jesus asked something of Simon, and Simon responded. We see the same exact picture of Elijah when he asked that woman for a piece of bread and she responded in faith. This is not toil, it's obedience. And it's a part of the action that's involved in reaping harvest. So Jesus said to him, after he, he allowed him to have his boat and to use his boat, Jesus gave him another command. He said, launch out to, into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. 
So we see the same picture of toiling and catching nothing. This is Peter's source. This is his main channel of provision. This is this net that he's using is how he feeds his family. And this is what he's used to. This is what he knows. This is the thing he's comfortable with. And it's the thing that's always produced in the past. But all of a sudden, what's happening here? He toiled all night and caught nothing. Why? Well, I believe it was because God was shifting his direction before he even realized it. This this other channel he's so used to, this brook, started to dry up, and Peter didn't know why. He's toiling, and it's not working. It's not producing anything, and he's getting frustrated. And he said, Master, we've done this all night. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net, just like the woman who said, Okay, I'll give you the bread. And when they had done this, they caught, they caught a great number of fish, so much so that their net was breaking. It says they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats, and the boats began to sink. And when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Um, but Jesus said, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. He said, I'll make you a fisher of men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all, and they followed him. I love this parable. I love how the the show The Chosen, um, the episode that portrays this and how it happened, I love it so much. And I, I like the I like some of the speculation about the possible events that could have been leading up to this. I can kind of you know identify with some of that, and it's it's just a very I like it a lot. Even though it's not explicitly in the scripture that way, I still think that it's it's anointed. But uh, you know, uh, what's interesting about this is that, like I said, Peter, his normal s- channel of income had dried up, but then he. He sees Jesus come out of nowhere, and Jesus says, can I use your boat? He's like, okay. And then Jesus gives him a command. And all of a sudden, he catches, not only does he catch fish, but he catches more fish than he's ever caught, and it was more than his vessel could handle. It was a net-breaking, boat-sinking load. It was a harvest is what it was. And it put him up to a new place that he'd never been in before. It paid all his debts. It paid all his bills. And it put him in a position to be able to follow Jesus. Here's how I see this, and this is how I felt like the Lord revealed this to me. And I really like this. This was Peter's first paycheck at his new job. Oh, come on. Glory to God. <laughs> I love that. I love it so much. This was Peter's first paycheck at his new job. Mm, come on. In other words... Jesus gave him a command and he responded to it. When he did that, he made Jesus his new boss. And and Jesus let him to do the same thing he did before, but this time he did it at the instruction of his new boss and it produced what it had never produced before. Why? Because Peter is going a different direction and he's got a new job title now. And instead of a fisherman, he's now a fisher of men. And the good news is, is that... This new job comes with benefits and a much, much bigger paycheck. (laughs) Now, that's going to make some people mad, but that's okay. Because, like Gloria Copeland said, um, the hundredfold comes with persecutions, but I'll get over it. Um, You know, this was Peter's first paycheck at his new job. And Jesus is saying, listen, Peter, you're working for me now. And now I'm the one meeting your needs. I'm your new channel of provision. 
And Peter left all, he forsook all, and followed Jesus. This empowered him, enabled him to be able to care for his family and to take care of them while he went and did what Jesus had called him to do. This is powerful. This is an amazing picture of harvest, the season of harvest. And you know, what's interesting about this, I'll just touch on this for a moment. Uh, You know, I like how, you know, when Peter denied Jesus, Later on, it's almost like he quit his job. And it's almost like he quit and, and did something else. Um, but after he had denied Jesus, we see that this same thing happened again. And, you know, um, I'll read this in John 21, verse 1 through 6. Uh, it says, After these things, Jesus himself again showed himself to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, because Peter had said, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we are going with you also. And they went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. See what's happening here. Peter's ashamed because he denied Jesus, just like he was when Jesus first met him. And he's like, I'm a sinful man. And so he's trying to go back to the thing that he did before he met Jesus. And he had the same exact result because Jesus is saying, baby, I am still your, your boss. I'm still your source of provision. Watch this. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore and said, children, do you have any food? And they answered and said, no. And he said, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it because of the multitude of fish. I love this verse because it's showing that Jesus is saying, hey, cast your net where I tell you to cast it. Cast it on the right side of the boat and you'll catch. In other words, Peter, you may have denied me, but you're still working for me and I'm still writing your paychecks. Ooh, come on. Because he got the same result he had last time he responded to the words of Jesus. He's working for Jesus now, and Jesus is the one signing his paychecks, and Jesus is still the one providing for him. And he did the exact same thing he did in the beginning. It's almost as if to say, Peter, let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to where we started. You're still working for me. I still have a position for you. I still have a place for you here. I have not rejected you. You know, in order for God to lead you to your harvest, you have to be available like Peter. You have to be available to him. You have to be willing to do what he tells you to do. Thank you, Lord. I've got, I've got some more here. I'm going to be honest with you. I know we're almost an hour into this. I'm not quite done. I hope that's okay. If you need to pause it and come back later, that's all right. But I still have a little bit more I need to get into. Anyway, in order for God to lead you to your harvest, you have to be available to him. You have to, you have to be willing and obedient. You have to be available to what he says uh, says to you. And, and God spoke to my heart recently and he said, Ben, I want you to become available again. He said this to me a while back and he said it to me again recently. I just want you to become available to me again. You know, not that you can't do this or can't do that, but just be available to me. Be available. And sometimes we can get so caught up toiling and focusing on this thing or focusing on that thing, trying to produce stuff when Jesus is just saying, hey, one thing is needful. Be available to me and I can take care of everything else. If you'll focus on the one thing, I can take care of the other stuff. But be available to me again. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So he he grafted Peter back in. Uh, he, he grafted him back in after he had, had denied him because Peter was available to him. You know, so many things God will use you if you're just available to him if you're just willing to obey him, he'll, he'll, he'll forgive you. He'll clean you up if you're just available. 
But so many people are distracted, they're not available to him. And therefore, you know, he can't use them just because they won't respond when he calls. You know, I experienced this myself one time, uh, what we're talking about in John 21. You know, I went through a time a few years ago, I was working at Chick-fil-A as a manager, and I was really stressed out. I was trying to balance being an intern at a ministry with with trying to work, be a manager at a job, and it was just a lot, and I was up late every night. I was getting up early every morning, and I was kind of burnt out. I was kind of tired, and so I ended up quitting my job. I ended up quitting and saying, well, you know, I'm just going to serve full-time at the ministry, and I missed it. <laughs> I'll just say I missed it. Um, in doing that because it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right season. See, I wanted to make myself available to God, but it wasn't the right season. And because I didn't discern the season, I missed it. And I actually cut off things too early. I actually cut off things before the time because I, I didn't discern the season properly. And this is another side of what we're talking about here. See, I tried to leave the brook before it dried up, and I had some issues. I got into some financial difficulty. I ended up owing some people some money and and got into an awkward position because I quit my job, and I didn't have the faith to not work. And But what happened was about two months passed, and finally I'm in debt, and I'm not in a good place at all. And there's tension with my roommates, and there's different things, and I made it was a stupid decision, and, and I missed it. And the timing was not right. So I ended up calling my manager at Chick-fil-A and saying, hey, listen, um, I'm not sure how to say this, so I'll just say it. I think I missed it <laughs> by leaving. And uh, this manager, he's somebody who, you know, he had tried to, he kind of tried to talk me out of it beforehand and I, I wouldn't really listen. But he was so gracious with me and he said, Ben, you know what? Uh, we could sure use you back. And uh, what we'll do for you is that we will change your responsibilities a little bit so that you have less pressure on you, but we're going to keep your pay the same as when you left. Oh, come on. That's, that's what Jesus did for Peter. Jesus is like, listen, I'm still writing your checks. I've got you. We have a place for you here. And, and this is what happened to me. Uh, he said, we have a place for you here. And we're going to keep your pay the same and we're going to do this. You know, sometimes people make drastic changes instead of minor adjustments. And a lot of times people, things aren't right or they're frustrated or they're stressed out because they need to make minor adjustments, not drastic changes. And sometimes people make drastic changes instead of making minor adjustments and they miss it. So what I needed to do was not make a drastic change there. I needed a minor adjustment. But anyway... They brought me back. They, I came back in, and you know, things were good. There was grace to be there, and there was provision. Now, things were still, you know, I had to be, I had to sow. It was a sowing season. I had to, I had to give it my all. I had to, to put effort into it, and it wasn't necessarily always fun, but provision was there. There was grace there, and I wasn't struggling anymore. Why? Because I, I was where I was supposed to be in that season. It was still a sowing season. You see, I was trying to be in a reaping season when the truth was I was still in a sowing season. And if you try to be in a reaping season when you're still in a sowing season, you're going to be frustrated and you're going to go under. You're going to, you're going to come short. But I had to discern the season. And so there is a time that came when God led me out of that and said, hey, it's time for you to leave Chick-fil-A. It's time for you to leave Texas. It's time for you to move on. But that was a sowing season. You know, um... And we see this in the life of Joseph. 
Um, you know, uh, Joseph had a season of, of being abased and he had a season of abounding. You know, he had a time where he was serving and he had a time when God promoted him and brought him to a new level and, and he ended up being the second richest person in the kingdom. But he had to discern which season he was in, and he had to be faithful in doing good in the sowing season so that he would do good in the reaping season. You see, the good that he was doing in the sowing season was preparing him for the good he would need to do in the reaping season. Do you see that? See, him doing good in the sowing season actually prepared him and trained him for the very thing that put him in the position that he was in later. And that's how he, he, the Lord added the wisdom to him and added the anointing to him to do that thing. But if he had skipped the sowing season, he would have missed out on the reaping season. There is a season of sowing and there's a season of reaping. And you know, I'll say this, God wants to, God wants harvest to be such that it gives glory to him. And it, it doesn't just glorify you and say, oh, well, look what I did. Look what I produced. No, we do have a part and we do have action. But like I said, it's the blessing of the Lord that works with our diligence. And when it's God, just like with Jesus and Peter, it's obvious that it's God. And it's supposed to be obvious to the world. You know, I'll just touch on this for just a minute. You know, God wants him to get the glory, not your savvy business tactics or your pyramid schemes. Uh-oh. <laughs> You know, I've I've seen some things, I've heard some things, and you know, it was it was kind of a pyramid scheme type deal. But there were some people who were you know church people involved in it, and and word of faith people who were like, oh well, you know what, this is where your harvest is. This is where your harvest is. There's harvest here. They'd use these terms like sowing and reaping and harvest. And, and you know, I wanted to say, how do you know where my harvest is? <laughs> you know, do you, listen, if you don't know where I've sown, you don't know where I'm supposed to reap. Now, I'm not talking about if, if somebody, you know, the Lord gives some somebody something specific for somebody and, and ministers it to them, but when it comes to some of these things, just using that kind of terminology is actually a misuse. And, you know, business things, pyramid schemes, I'm not saying God can't use a business to bring about harvest, but it'll be because you, you heard from Him, not because somebody got you to buy into their thing because they used faith terminology. Uh-oh, okay, well, anyway, I won't go any farther on that. But it, it's supposed to give God the glory. And you know, God wants to, to bring us through seasons of humility and, and relying on Him. It's not that He wants us to lack. It's not that He wants us to be without. But this is an undeniable pattern we do see in the Word that there are seasons of being abased and there are seasons of abounding. There is a time for sowing and there is a time for reaping. You know, when we learn to be led in the sowing season, the season of being abased, it will put us in a position to discern the season of reaping and how to respond to it. Um, you know, it's true that there is a season of reaping as I'm talking about, but I want to touch on this for just a moment. As we get closer to the second coming of Christ, time is also speeding up. You know, uh, I'll read this verse to you real quick. You know, and I'm not trying to take away from what I was just saying, but this is just something I want to touch on. In Amos 9.13, it says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes, him who sows the seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. NLT says, The grain and the grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested. Message says, Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of another. You won't be able to keep up. Everywhere you look, blessings. 
You know, that reminds me of Peter and, and, and the disciples trying to gather all that fish. You know, the, the more we get closer to the second coming, time is speeding up. Things are speeding up. And, and, you know, harvest might come more quickly than you realize, but it doesn't change the fact that there is a season of sowing and there is a season of reaping. And it's something that God does. It's something that he does. But when he does it, it, it produces more than you could have ever produced. And, you know, in talking about some of these things, just to, just to give a little bit of, of context to what I'm saying and, and just practicality, you know, uh, about there's a time to, to reap and there's a place to reap. There's a right time and there's a right place. You know, I thought about how, you know, fishing, you know, the disciples said they were fishing at night, you know, and uh, there's a reason why fishermen fish at night because the fish can't see and, and there's different things like that. There's a right time to fish. And, you know, there's right spots to fish. There's right places. If you've ever gone fishing, you know you've got to find the right spot and you need the right time. And, you know, it's the same with harvest. There is a place and a time to harvest. Um, you know, I've experienced this with, with some of my side jobs that I've done with delivery driving and things like that. There's a right time of the day to work where you'll make more money. And there are what we call hot spots. So you're in that hot spot. That's where you're going. You, you're in that spot. You're more likely to get orders. You're more likely to get things. And you got to be in the right place. And you got to be there at the right time in order to produce things. In order to reap. In order to get orders. In order to get business. In order to get work. And this is a basic natural principle. We know that. And it's true that there is a time and a place for harvest. Here's the thing, though. Um, you know. We got to be careful about trying to discern those things naturally because the disciples were at the right place at the right time, naturally speaking, and yet they weren't producing anything. See, this comes back to that scripture in Ecclesiastes that says, He who regards the clouds and he who regards the weather, they won't sow, they won't reap. In other words, if you're only looking at this thing naturally, you're going to miss it. They were out there in the nighttime. That's when you're supposed to fish. They were in the spot they're usually at where there's, where there's fish. And yet they produced nothing. Why? Because God was showing them, hey, I'm your source. I'm your provider. And you've got to listen to me. Like Isaac, when he sowed in famine and reaped a hundredfold, you can't just be led by the natural. You've got to be led by the Spirit. And you know, um, you got to be careful about trying to discern the season after the flesh. There is a time and there is a place to reap, but you have to hear from the Lord about it. You've got to get a word from the Lord about it, and you've got to follow the Spirit. You've got to obey Him, and you do that by putting Him first like Peter did. You do that by putting Him first like that widow did with Elijah. You've got to put Him first, and, and just like with Elijah when he said, rain's coming and it didn't look like it, and that guy went and looked seven times before he saw any sign of it, if God says there's diamonds in this farm, there are diamonds in that farm. And you've got to obey him. You've got to discern things spiritually, not just naturally. Like I said, if you want spiritual results, you've got to sow into spiritual things and you've got to discern things spiritually. That's how these things work. If you if you only sow naturally and discern naturally, you'll only reap naturally. That's that's the truth. But if you'll sow spiritually and discern spiritually, you will reap spiritually. You will reap without natural limitations. The last thing I want to say before I close this podcast, and I'm just about done. I know I've, I've pretty much exceeded my time here. But I want to just mention a couple things to you about this season of sowing and season of reaping. You know, 
I thought about the movie The Pursuit of Happiness. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie with Will Smith. It's an excellent movie um, about Chris Gardner and, and how he, you know, he was struggling financially and, and he couldn't pay his bills. He, um, he, back in the 70s, you know, he had a son. His wife left him. And he's he's struggling just to just to make rent. He's struggling for everything. He's and he's abased. <laughs> you know, he is you see that, you know, um he's trying to sell these things that they invested all their money in and it's just not happening. He he's not selling these things like he thought he would. That brook was drying up for him, you could say. And he's struggling just to make ends meet. And then all of a sudden though, one day he's out in front of uh this this stockbroker you know, building and a guy comes up, drives up with a Ferrari and, you know, he's just kind of dreaming a little bit. He's got vision. And he asked the guy, he's like, I bet you had to go to college for that, huh? And he's like, no, no, I just, you got to be good with numbers and this and that. And so he begins to think about this and it begins to work on him. And all of a sudden he just has this desire to pursue that. And he hears about this internship. And, and when he's, he's, he, he applies for this internship and he goes through all these things. He's struggling. He's, he's trying to make ends meet. He's trying to provide for his son. He's trying to find a place to live. And he gets accepted into this internship and then he finds out that it's an unpaid internship. He's not getting paid. And man, at that point, a lot of people would be like, forget it. I can't do that. But you know, if you, if you only do things naturally, if you only discern things naturally, you'll miss your place of harvest. Because Chris Gardner... Even though he was tempted to say no, he had something on the inside of him that was saying, this is what you're meant to do. This is what you're supposed to do. This is the thing that, that you're gifted to do. And he was gifted to do it. So he agrees and he becomes a part of the six month unpaid internship. And all the while he's working as hard as he can. And by the way, only one person will be chosen out of a group of about 30 to get this job. And he's trying to to provide for his son. He's trying to sell these bone density scanners that he invested all his money in, that which are outdated. And he's he's trying to find a place to live. At one point, you see that they're homeless, and they're trying to make it to the homeless shelter on time. One time, they're sleeping in a bathroom. All these things and these hardships, and and you can see he's just struggling. But he 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 keeps being faithful with this internship, and. He's sowing is what he's doing. He's sowing. He's not getting paid, but he's, it's a sowing season, and it wasn't easy. And at the end of the movie, it's so powerful because it's a true story. You see the end after all this. They call him into the office, and they say, you got the job. And you can see he's just overwhelmed with emotion. And it's a true story. That's what makes it powerful. And he, he gets this job, and it changes, it changes his, his quality of life. And I know that's a natural story. I don't know whether Chris Gardner was a believer or not, or is a believer. I'm not sure if he's still alive. But the principle remains the same. And I'm not saying that God wants you to go through a season of, of struggling and not having enough and being homeless. I'm not saying that. That was a, a natural example of something that happened to somebody. But the principle remains the same. There are seasons of sowing and there are seasons of reaping. But if you fail to discern when and where God is leading you to sow, then you will fail to discern when and where he's leading you to reap. And a lot of people haven't reaped because they didn't obey when God told them to sow. It doesn't mean it's too late, though. Um, you know, and, and, and I'll say this. Jesus said, if you've given a cup of cold water to a little one, you won't lose your reward. And he said, no man that's left anything for my sake won't receive a hundredfold in this life. 
here's the thing about that. You know, I can kind of identify with that in a sense because, you know, several years ago I was a part of an internship. And I actually watched that movie during that time. And, 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 you know, my quality of life during that time was way better than Chris Gardner's. You know, I'm not trying to compare that. But it was a challenging season. And, and you know, we were sewing in, into this thing. We, we agreed to be a part of this thing. And it was an unpaid internship. Um, and we knew that going into it. And, you know, it got challenging at times. We had to work part-time while we were doing this. And... Um, we had to had bills to pay, and it was my first time really being on my own and paying my own bills and stuff. And uh, it, it was a stretch, and there were times when I, I didn't have a lot, and there were times when I, I, you know, I had to believe God for some things. I'll tell you what, though, God provided for me. There was like ravens that brought me food sometimes, metaphorically speaking. There were people that sent me checks that I didn't even know just in time for me to pay my rent. There were miraculous things that happened. And let me say this, the people that I was interning for, Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons, man, they treated us so well, and they were wonderful, gracious people. But it was a season of sowing. And this is what people miss. They think that, you know, it's up to people to do this for me or people to do that. No, there are seasons when God's will for you is to sow, so that you can reap in the future. And it was a sowing season. And there were some times where I was abased. <laughs> there were some times where I w- it was not, you know, it was tough. But I can see now that season of sewing, those three and a half years of sewing, those, those years of, of doing that, I'm already starting to reap from that. And, and, and I wouldn't trade that time for anything. No, it wasn't easy. Yes, it was a challenge, but it was because it was a season of sewing. And I don't even know what the harvest on all that is yet. But I have a sense in my heart of some things, and I would not trade that season for anything. And there is a season of sowing, and there is a season of reaping. I want to read this last scripture to you, and then I'm going to let you go. I know I went long today, but man, I really hope you hung in there, because I really think this was worth it, um, because there's there's a lot here um, that is really good, and I, I believe is, is breakthrough. But um, I want to read this to you in Psalm 20. Uh, forgive me, my Bible app decided to update right now, and so I gotta wait. Okay, there it is. Um, anyway, Psalm twenty. I'm gonna read this to you, and then we will uh, we will disperse accordingly. Um, and, and I'll say this real quick while my my app is loading. Um, you know, uh, when it says "Don't grow weary in well doing, because in due season you will reap." You know, a big part of this is not being offended. Um, sometimes we're tempted to be offended with God. Sometimes we're tempted to be offended with people. Say, well, they owe me this or they owe me that. They should have done this. They should have done that. Um, that's a dangerous mindset, and it'll keep you from your harvest. And, and, and the reason is, is because, you know, harvest is not owed to us. It's a supernatural thing. And it's something that, that is a, a, something that comes through the grace of God. It's something that that he allows his children to do. It's a principle in the earth that he set up. And we don't make it happen. He makes it happen. But uh, pride can keep you from your harvest. And and you want to be careful about pulling on people saying they should have done this or they should have done that because that's trying to drink from a brook that's dried up. And, and And one of the big principles here is knowing that God is your source and looking to God for harvest. God will lead you to sow into people's lives and they don't owe you anything. Because it's God that produces the harvest in your life. 
I want to read this to you and then I'll let you go. Psalm 20, it says, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. He remembers all your offerings and accepts your burnt sacrifice. It says he remembers all your offerings and accepts your sacrifice. And watch this in verse 4. He grants you according to your heart's desire and fulfills all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation. In the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all your petitions. You see this principle of he remembers your offering and he fulfills your petitions. You know, fulfill your petitions is not the same as just meet your needs. Those are the desires of your heart. Those are the things that you want to see. Those are the things you desire. This is bigger than just, you know, I need to eat today. You know, Jesus told us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. That's not what this is talking about, though. No, he remembers every offering and he grants us according to the desires of our heart. But there is a season of sowing and there is a season of reaping. And by the grace of God, if we seek him and we'll look for that one thing that he's saying to us, he will lead us in the season and the timing. He'll help us to discern the timing and the place where that harvest is. And that faith, that rest will produce action that will produce harvest beyond our ability. And that it'll bring us up to a new place and a new level to do more for the kingdom of God. This has been the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. I pray that this blessed you today and that the Lord is giving you revelation and that he's speaking to you personally in your life of how this applies to you. And I'm thankful that you listened today and I will talk to you the next time that you click play. Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. Remember that Jesus loves you. He loves everyone else. And please don't forget to feed the ducks. Ah.